There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. From the Intercontinental Hotel in Dubai Festival City. This is Talking of Books. Live at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. Hear from the world's greatest writers. On Dubai Eye 103.8. We're having a great time, aren't we, Rachel? We really are. We are talking to some of the authors attending this year's Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. Live from the festival itself in the Intercontinental Event Centre lobby. It's a hive of activity, so we're going to have to... It's quite a noisy hive of activity. We have to speak closely to the mic. Um, We are joined right now for the next few minutes by the wonderful Marcus Zusak, who after a 13-year wait brings us his sweeping new masterpiece, Bridge of Clay. Um, We are delighted to have you in in the makeshift studio (laughs) today. How are you doing? Great. I was really enjoying the Bon Jovi and Billy Joel in the, uh, <laughs> dance. In the break there. So, uh, I'm no, sorry it's great it to stopped be here. for us. <laughs> um, so you just you got off a very early flight this morning. Yeah, but I, I feel pretty good. You feel pretty good? Okay. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, you've got your event later this evening at 8 o'clock. So just to mm-hmm. remind any listeners, um, if you haven't got your tickets yet, please do. Um, and I'd like to talk to you about this, this new book. It's quite a departure from The Book Thief. Yeah, in some ways it is, of course, but in some, in others, you're just always trying to do what you do better than you did last time. I feel like every book is just, it's a little bit like surfing or anything else that you want to get better at. It's every book is just your training run for your next book. And The Book Thief was, I guess, my training run for Bridge of Clay. And I just wanted to, you know, people would say, you don't have to write a better book than The Book Thief, just write a different one. And I'd say, but I've always tried to write a better book, you know, so why should I stop now? And um, I just wanted it to be everything the book thief was and a little bit more. But, uh, but you know, every book then finds its own way through the world. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I, I understand, I've been reading that you've been kind of working on this for about 20 years in a way. And I just wondered, is there anything that remains from that 20 year ago book in The Bridge of Clay as it stands now? Almost nothing. <laughs> uh, and I, it's funny, I love sitting here amongst that because the whole idea of this book too is that there's always a lot of chaos. Yeah. And, uh, and Clay is trying, and, and, and we all have chaotic pasts and chaotic histories and Clay is trying to make something beautiful and great out of that um, sort of chaos and pain and laughter and it is building this bridge, which makes me realise I, I can't even remember the question. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> The evolution over yeah, time oh, of but a book there's, that's there's taken literal, a I literally, I wrote and I only found a, the very first version of Bridge of Clay as written by me as a 21-year-old and you just look at it and go, oh my God, I can't believe I wrote that. But very much the story is that like the actual spine of the story is similar a boy wanting to make one beautiful great thing but everything else around it is different like he, the original one was felt much younger and he had a brother and a sister now he's got five, four, bro- four he's brothers he's one of yeah. five brothers and it's the whole it's the story of the whole family and he's building that into this bridge that he's building and how did you choose who was going to narrate the story? Because that's an interesting choice that it's Matthew doing it, and it could have been it could have been Clay himself. How did you know who was telling this story? The only person who didn't get a crack at <laughs> narrating the story was Clay himself, because to me he was such a, a heroic figure, and he he had this sort of larger than life tragedy, but also heroism 
but I didn't want him to be, it would have seemed a little bit like he was talking himself up. Yes. So I needed, there was always this idea of someone trying to understand Clay. And I had a narrator, which was his best friend's younger sister, who's no longer even in the book. She narrated for the first six years of me writing wow. the book. And then, I and then I cut her out. And so the whole idea of having to kill your babies or whatever, your darlings. Is, <laughs> kill your narrator. <laughs> yeah, you just go, right, that's that. It's a little bit like chopping your hand off and then saying, all right, now we're going to keep going. But nothing's ever a failure because you still use all of them, all of the material that Maggie, the original narrator, um, came up with what she was doing. I still incorporated that when Matthew was telling the story and he made sense because he's the, the oldest and responsible brother and so he can take responsibility for the story. You used words like tragedy and, and heroism there um, and I'm still at the beginning of this but already in like the first few pages there's a reference to Achilles. So I've noticed that there's quite a lot of um, Greek tragedy crossover in this. I mean, is this because you set out to do this or you noticed as you were writing it that there were parallels? Oh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, on the first page, Matthew as narrator says something like, you know, everyone thinks I'm, I'm tough and, you know, don't have much personality and you know, I couldn't string a few words together. But, you know, but I know a lot about the epics and the Greeks. And uh, so he's always saying, we're not quite the people you think we are. Right. And, uh, but you know what really started it was I had all these boys doing these ridiculous sort of athletics training at the track because Clay is a 400 metre runner. And how they trained him was they said, if you want him to run faster, don't run with him. You have to try to stop him. And so he's always running, running, and there'd be people there to stop him at every 100 metres. And that's how he like, got more and more strength to, to run faster when there's no one stopping him. But anyway, it came to the point where I realised all of these kids and all of the family members, and all of us in general, I'm sure both of you, I'm not going to ask what they are, <laughs> but we all have nicknames. And, uh, and I realised that all cultures love nicknames. Homer loved nicknames, and not, or not even nicknames, but these descriptions of, you know, it was, it was never just Achilles, it was always the fast running Achilles. And uh, Hector, tamer of horses, laughter loving Aphrodite. And so it was the, this sort of larger than life idea that we, we make about ourselves that, that attracted me to Homer in the writing of, of this book. And I wanted it to be a story about stories. and. Uh, and Clay understands the stories of the family and, and part of that is this big odyssey of their mum travelling to Australia to start a new life. What I've noticed about this book is it's beautifully written. I mean, the language is, is wonderful. And you said that a big part of it is, is uh, building this bridge, like this creating this one beautiful thing. And in, and in a way, it makes me think of you writing this book and how much time and, and care has gone into it. What was... What was the pressure like there? Because I heard you speak in Auckland about, about this mm -hmm. a little bit and it was really interesting to hear about coming into this off of the back of the book thief. What was it like with, with the pressure of that? Yeah, oh, it's one of my favourite things to talk about really <laughs> is that, yeah, because people you said, oh, the pressure. and there, There's also just the pressure you put on yourself. But I love talking about the 13 years because uh, I remember sitting at the kitchen table. I like working in the morning and I like working in the kitchen. And my daughter, who was 11 when I was doing the last edits of the book, or 12, you know, she's eating bread. My children eat like barbarians. And, uh, 
she's sitting eating breakfast cereal and uh, I said to her, could you just keep it down over there? I'm trying to get some work done here. And she's looked at me and she's gone, you work. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I sort of thought, yeah, she's actually got a point, you know, and, and I worked out how many, you know, how many words there were in the book and then, which is about 128,000 words, and then how many days there are in 13 years of writing That way it. madness lies. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it turned out, when I had done all the calculations of all the time spent on this book, it was something like 1.9 words per day. And I thought, uh, <laughs> That's brilliant. I thought actually, That's she's got a point. absolutely brilliant. So talk about pressure. Uh, it, I think I was kind of, you know, to be serious about that now for a moment is, you know, I just thought this book was always the book that I, I thought was going to be my biggest book. Mm. And then the book thief came and just really shocked me and shocked all the people who knew me. And, and then it was this big success that I thought it would be my least successful book. And, uh, and then suddenly you're faced with writing this book. And it was a little bit like writing for the world championship of myself, you know, <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of nice that it's over now and, uh, you know, and even answering your questions, I'm feeling like I'm grasping for the answers, whereas I used to know the answers really well and I think that's a good sign that maybe I'm ready yes. to move on. <laughs> therapy is working, talking <laughs> yes. therapy, I like it. Um, something else that struck me as well about kind of the popularity of The Book Thief and what that was all about and then coming to this book is, so Book Thief is obviously narrated by um, death mm -hmm. and what strikes me about this is it, it seems to be like you mentioned chaos and this, this family and it seems to be very much a celebration of life is is that something that happened unconsciously or you no. wanted to move so far away from the book thief? Uh, I think in a lot of ways this is a much I mean I, it, it's a totally different feel in the yeah. book and uh, and actually uh, the book thief is mu actually much lighter and easier to read it's the sort of book I mean I think all a lot of authors or most authors will say you want to put such huge effort into your books but you want them to appear as if they've been effortless yes absolutely and uh, but this is the sort of book i think because of the nature of the main character the nature of the narrator where you actually feel the effort that's gone into it and you know and i'll be totally fair and honest and just say it's not for every reader you know and some people it's been one of the hardest things is people want another book thief. Yes. People want, you know, this idea that you can just deliver the same thing again and you say, oh, I'm not the same person anymore, you know. So, uh, so you have to sort of rise to that challenge, not only of writing the book, but then coping with, with how people are coping with the book, Absolutely. you know. And, but the people who love it and understand what I'm doing um, sort of love it in a, in a way that, that's actually even more special to me than the people who love the book feed. I'm so glad that you wrote this um, <laughs> instead. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. You're listening to Talking of Books. Live at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. Hear from the world's greatest writers. On Dubai Eye 103.8. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.